Hey guys, we wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. Check back weekly to stay up to date with what God is doing here in the life of our church. To learn more information, you can find us online at sturkey.church. Our prayer here at the church at Sturkey Hills is that you are moved by this message. Guys, thanks for tuning in and have a blessed week. So we live in a world of entitlement culture. Everybody thinks everybody else owes them something. You know it's true. And sometimes it even happens in the church. And it wasn't intended to be that way. But that's how it has kind of evolved as, as church meets culture. And so uh, we live in a consumer-driven world where we want it our way and we want it now and we want somebody else to provide it. But the problem is that's not the church. If we want that, that's why we go to Chick-fil-A, okay? Because they're going to serve you and be happy to do it. In fact, the church sometimes need to, needs to act a little bit more like Chick-fil-A. I mean, just serve your socks off, and you can't thank them enough without them getting the last word in. You think you got the last thank you in running out the door? My pleasure. They're going to slip that in on you. All right? The church needs to have some of that. We're just delighted that you're here, and we want to serve each other. And, and I want to show you today why that is biblical. Now, we live in a world of imitations, right? Uh, fakes, frauds, and imitations. And I've told the story about taking our daughters to New York, you know, and ended up in Chinatown, you know, three halls down, two buildings over, upstairs, climbed under a wall, felt like behind the curtain, and voila, it is the Louis Vuitton Mecca, okay? And they're fakes, frauds, and imitations, and we bought them. I, I, they could have killed us right there, you know. Nobody knew what happened to our family. We didn't tell anybody we were going back in there, okay? Felt like I was in another country, and we get out, and they, man, they, uh, we had bags everywhere, all right? Gave them for Christmas. And you know what happens to those fakes? You know, they look good. On the surface, you can't hardly tell, but you start putting them under a little heat, a little pressure, and the zipper breaks off. Anybody ever had a fake where the zipper tab broke off? Now you got to get like a paper clip sticking that little hole to get your zipper to work, okay? And then the, the, the leather, the genuine naugahyde leather, that leather, okay, it starts peeling off, you know. Anybody, ladies, y'all ever bought something like that? All right, well, they may look real, but they're not the same thing. Uh, I was in the Bahamas several years ago, and man, hit the mother load of Ray-Ban sunglasses. And I knew they were real because they were priced real, $10. All right? Bought a pair of those Ray-Bans, and they did. They looked good. And I was, we went back to, we were on a cruise, went back on the boat, and I was looking at them. I got to looking real close. They were Ray-Bans, B-O-N, Ray-Bans, all right? That's why they were $10, and before, probably before I got home, the handlebar or whatever you call that thing broke off, Okay. You can go, they're fakes and frauds, they're not the same. You can go to Walmart and buy best value corn chips. They look the same. Listen, listen to you, pastor. They ain't Fritos. Okay? They're just not. They look like it. They might smell like it. Might taste just a little bit on the surface. They are not Fritos. Okay? And you throw those in something I got, I know it. I can identify those. Okay? Fakes, frauds, and imitations. Now, they're in the church, too. There's Christians who fake Christianity, and so how do they do that? They perform a few Christian traditions, and most people can never tell the difference because they, they pretend really well. And then there are people who fake spirituality. This is the one that I get a kick out of. Uh, they, they talk with a holy, highly vocabulary. They walk with a righteous stride, and they raise a holy hand every chance they get just to demonstrate that they're entering into the Holy of Holies at any given moment. Okay, But here's the thing. A true Christian serves a true Christian serves. They're not to be served. They serve. 
And, and I want to show you 10 reasons today why you and I are called, commissioned, and commanded to serve. I, I want you to, they're great reasons. And, and if you, I could give you one, and it should be enough, but we're going to give you 10. And so that's what we're going to look at today. The, 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 the title is called Serving for Greatness. Last week, the title was Hungry for Greatness. I hope if you were here that you've uh, endeavored into fasting at some level to begin to condition your spirit and your soul to hear at a deeper level from God. Uh, it is incredible, and, 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 and I'm being a part of that, and I'm telling you, it's real. The Lord honors that, and he will speak to you, and your life will change when we cut away some of the things in our life physically to experience something spiritual. So as you know, our, 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 our theme for 2020 is good to great with 2020 vision, good to great for the glory of God and the, great, and the growth of his kingdom. And so <clears throat> today, we're going to learn about serving. Number one, you look at the back of your worship guide, there's 10 points on there. And in the second service, I have ordination too. So yeah, uh, we need one and a half time, Mike. That's what we're going to do right here. All right, so may, we're going to get this done. Listen, this will bless you. You need to hear this, all right? Now, number one, you are made to serve. Tell your neighbor, you're made to serve. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God prepared beforehand so we may do them. All right, You are created with a purpose, and that purpose is to serve. And, and he, what he does is he creates us, just like the little baby, Owen, uh, that was born this week. God created him with a purpose. And somewhere along his journey, he has that purpose waiting for him. And let me tell you what that purpose looks like. It looks like service. It's diving in and serving. Let me tell you what diving in means. Okay, because I want you to know this. Diving in is when you're fully committed to that which you have purposed to dive into. You know what that looks like? It looks like Ben Rayfield and Tim Warwick yesterday, they went skydiving. Okay, strapped on to somebody else. That's a little weird, but I'm going to let that one go. Okay, fall out of an airplane. And it's 30 degrees cooler when you get to the top. When you get to 14,000 feet or whatever it is, 11,000 feet, it's 30 degrees cooler. I was going to go with them. It just didn't work out. I'm going to go. It's on my list. It, so yesterday was cold. I said, was it cold? He said, you ain't thinking about cold when they're getting ready to push you out of an airplane. You know what I'm saying? Cold is the last thing. Hard is what you're thinking about. Okay? And so that's what diving in means. It's fully committed. I mean, I'm jumping out of this plane, okay? And I'm trusting this little parachute on my back or on his back to get me, a, a, to give me, yield me a safe landing. That's what it means when we dive into the kingdom. We trust him. We can't necessarily see him. We know he's there. And in the right moment, man, poof, he's going to give us a smooth landing. So sometimes what we want in the church as opposed to serving is we want to learn more. I hear all the time, yeah, we need, a, we need a Wednesday night Bible study. We need another Bible study. And you know, I, man, I love the Bible. I love studying the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. I love you reading the Bible. I love you studying the Bible. I love our men and women teaching stu uh, Bible study. But listen, sometimes what we need is a little less Bible study and a little more Bible duty. Okay? If we took just what we know in this room, hid our Bibles, and we took just what we know... This little group right here could change the world because we've got enough knowledge to make great things happen. So we're made to serve. Number two, we're saved to serve. Listen at 2 Timothy 1.9. It 
It says, he is the one who saved us. And he called us with a holy calling, not based on our works, but on his own purpose and grace, granted to us in Christ Jesus before time began. He, he, he saved you. He saved me with a calling. Now, this is funny. I want you to get this. We are not saved because we're good workers. We work because we've been saved. You see, he did all the work of saving. And once he seals our soul, once he plants and buries and smothers and smathers and washes our soul in Jesus' sacrifice, he's done all the work. You can't earn salvation. You can't work to a different level to make him love you more. But when you realize, wow, he did that for me, then all of a sudden we feel like, man, I've saved for something He didn't just save me so one day I'll go to heaven. He saved me because he has a service for me to do. Isaiah did it, said it well. You remember in Isaiah, it's like God the Father and the Son and the Spirit are having a conversation. And they're talking about the mission field. They're talking about, you know, we we need to share ourselves. We need to reach this people and this people. And Isaiah's standing there, you know, and he's like, uh, uh, hey, I'm right here. You know, I'm your guy. And then he says these incredible words. He says, hey, here I am. Send me. You know, isn't that cool? Instead of, like, when we fill out a card like this, or a sheet like this, see this sheet and hear a preacher preach about serving, we, we, what we do sometimes, we say, yeah, old Jimmy over there, yeah, he needs to be doing that because he's good at that. Meanwhile, what are we doing? You see? We all need to be this before God. Hey, hey, whoa, God, I don't care if there's a thousand in here. I'm your guy. I'm your girl. Sign me up. Just tell me. You saved me, so count me in. And when we do, it's, we'll see in a few minutes, it's, uh, it, that's where the blessing happens. So I call it this, Jesus is large in charge, and I am small and on call. That's what it should look like in your life. Amen? Number three, quiet crickets. Number three, gifted to serve. You're gifted to serve. Listen to this, 1 Peter 4.10. Just as each one has received a gift, used Uh, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Everybody's been given a gift. Do you get that? You're gifted. Sometimes we look, I look at Anna. Man, if I sang like Anna, I wouldn't leave the house. I'd just stay in the shower all day singing all day, okay? You know what I'm saying? I mean, just just let it fly, okay? I don't sing like that. That's why often you don't hear me, okay? I sing, but I keep it close. That's why if I'm, if, if, if I come down front, I sit right here on the front. Nobody can hear me, okay? In the back, I sit way in the back. That way I ain't bothering nobody, but I'm having a good time, all right? Now, all of us have gifts. Mine's not singing, okay? I've got a gift. You've got a gift. Gift, 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 and all of them are different. He doesn't, it's, it's not like, you know, my grandmother, we were growing up, she'd get her by socks, right? Everybody got the same gift. I remember I was probably 17 years old, Went up to visit her, sitting on the couch. It was in the summer, late summer. I had a pair of shorts on. All of a sudden, my grandmother, she's about 80, she sticks her hand down. She starts rubbing my leg. I'm like, come on, Frisky, what are you doing? You know, she keeps going higher and I say, hey, ho. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm trying to figure out how tall your socks are. I, I don't know what she thought I was wearing, you know. I said, I ain't wearing any socks. Oh, well, I'm glad you asked then. Yeah, me too. All right. Now, she would get everybody socks. God doesn't do it that way. Okay, he gives everybody salvation, and then with salvation comes a particular, specific gift. Now, he, he, he says right here, the reason you've been given a gift is so that you will use that gift to serve each other. So we're good st- stewards of this, his varied grace. 
That is just so good. So I would sum it up like this. God has given a gift to everybody so we can use it to serve somebody. All right? You've been given a gift, and the purpose of your gift is to serve somebody else with your gift. Number four, you are challenged to serve. Challenged to serve. Matthew 20, 26 through 28 says, Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So we're challenged here. This is hard truth. We're challenged to be slaves and servants of each other. And we live in a world that the more people that kind of look up to us and serve us, the more important, the more prestigious we are, right? And Jesus flips it upside down and says, no, no, no. The bigger and the better of a servant that you are to other people, the, the more God uses you and the more value you have to what really matters. So what we do sometimes is we get these reasons or excuses why we don't serve. Well, I'm too busy. I'm tired. I'm not ready. I don't know those people. Uh, I don't know what my gift is. I have a reputation. People won't receive it. What if Jesus said the same thing 2,000 years ago? Whoa. What if, what, what, if, what if when it came time, when he's in the garden and he's praying, Father, if there's another way, Please let this pass. And the father says, son, there's not another way. What if Jesus would have said, you know, I'm, I got a lot to do. I'm, I'm too busy for this. Man, I'm tired. Man, I know those people. And they're scoundrels. And, and, and my perfect life doesn't need to be sacrificed for that bunch of yahoos. But he didn't. He served with his life to redeem us and to save us. So I call this one, I would sum this one up like this. Getting down to serving is the key to getting up in the kingdom. We, we don't arrive into the kingdom agenda. We don't arrive into God's, uh, uh, into God's work in this world, saving the world, until we become servants. It's that simple. And so, so moving forward, number five, you are needed to serve. Now, I like this one. This one's easier, all right? 1 Corinthians 12, 12, needed to serve. For just as the body is one, and yet it has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so too is Christ. See, if you're a believer, you're part of the church, which is the body of Christ. And if you're part of the body, you're, you are part of the body. Now, what we do sometimes is we want to be a particular part instead of the part that God has called us to be. And if all of us were heads, this would be a miserable world sitting in here, just a bunch of heads sitting on a chair. We wouldn't even have made it this morning, had no legs to get us here. You know? And so all of us play a part. I talk about it all the time. Some people are just supposed to be the big toe. Now, we know plenty of people that play certain parts, you know, the rear end. You know, we know some of those people. That's their gift, okay? And, and, and there's other people supposed to be a big toe. Okay, that went right over your head, all right? And so, so we, some people are supposed to be a big toe, and you say, I don't want to be a big toe stuck in the end of a sock, an old smelly shoe, next to them other four nasty toes, okay? Toe jam everywhere. I don't want no part of that, okay? I don't want, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that part. It's a very valuable part. And if you want to understand the value and the significance of something so small and yet so incredible, go home this evening, husbands, take your shoe and sock off, stick it out there and have your wife just slam it with a hammer. She would be happy to serve you in that capacity. Okay? And then for the next month, see what happens. Uh, we were talking to a guy yesterday, and he's got a crew of, of framers. And his framer has this gun, and his framer uh, put a thing in there so it fires as fast as you pull the trigger. It's like an automatic nail shooter. Well, that's all real good until your foot gets in the way of the nail shooter. And before he could get his finger off the trigger, it put three nails through his foot. 
He's out for three or four months just because the top, the bones and the tendons in his foot, that small part, they're shutting his body down for four months. I want you to know every part matters. And I'm not too proud to say, I need you. The kingdom needs you. Okay? Look at your neighbor and say, man, I'm a big deal. Just tell them, I'm a big deal. If, if, if you don't, listen, your pastor believes you're a big deal. God believes you are a big deal. You're a part of something bigger than you know. It's called God's glorious kingdom. And he wants to plug you in and you are a big deal. Now, why is it a big deal that you get in the game? Here's why. Because right now we run about 400 in attendance. And, and what got us here won't get us there. And we're moving. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, we'll probably in three or four years, we'll be running about 800 people. That's the way I feel about it. And whether we do or not doesn't matter because that's not what I'm about. But I want God to build the church that he wants here. And it's in a populated area. And I believe he wants to build a great church right here on this hill. I really do believe that. I mean, in the fiber of my being, I feel that. And so for us to go from, from where we are to where God wants us to be, he waits on us to see if we're going to serve. As we, as we commit to serving and sacrificing, he provides the growth. He trusts us with more. Just a few years ago, we put that road in, the second entrance out here. At the time, we were running 150 people, 180 people or something, and it was a pretty sizable project. But we built it expecting for God to grow us, and he has. And, and God, when we demonstrate our faith and trust toward him, he demonstrates his faithfulness and his trust uh, with, on us by give, sending us more people. And you may be here and you don't want more people. Well, find you a little church and go join there. In about 10 years, if they don't do anything, it'll dry up and go away. And then you can find you another one and ride it till it shuts down. Okay, because a growing church is an alive church and a church that's not growing is dying. Now, we covered that last week. And, and so it's really important that you serve. Now, what, sometimes we want to be the big shot. We want to be the big cog in the wheel. I want you to know there, there are no big eyes and little U's. All of us, all of you are important. I'm telling you that all of you are important. Let me tell you how important it is. See if you've ever experienced this. Yesterday, Kendra and I went to Sam's. Okay. We roll into Sam's, go in the front door, and soon, man, they, right out of the chute, man, you walk in the door, there's a lady standing there, she's smiling on her face, need to see your membership card, because you're official. You ain't no member, you ain't going in. You got to go over here and go stand in line, get your picture taken, fill out a form. But if you're a member, you card carry me, feel, okay, that's cool. Get you a buggy, you go in there, I say, got my card. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you walk in there, and Kendra says, I'm going to go buy some things. I need you to go over in, the, in that area, wherever, and get a trampoline. We bought Judson a trampoline for Christmas. Why? Because the regular uh, $300, they were on sale for $200, something like that. I went over there, wrestled this box, weighed 250, 300 pounds, got it on the buggy. Okay, I got it. I got it, man. And, and, and here's the thing. For a, for a dude, Sam's is a dude's store. You know what I'm saying? If you're not careful, you go over there to get a trampoline. Before you get to, before you get to the front of the door, you've got an 85-inch HDTV, a set of tires, 50-pound bag of, of crab legs, and maybe a 12-month membership to DirecTV, you know. And now it's all good. I mean, you're excited. And you get up there, and it's like, womp, womp, womp. 84 registers. got about four little girls and guys out there running them things, and you've got to stand in line. And you know what I, dawned on me yesterday? 
they know if I'm standing in line, I might realize I need that new mattress and box springs over on aisle one. Okay? You're going to load it up some more. Now, here's the point. I, get, I, I made it through the checkout. I get outside. This box weighs, I'm serious, about 250 pounds. I'm out there wrestling with it, trying to get it in the back of my expedition. It wallered out, landed right in the parking lot. And about that time, Jesus sent me Gene from Gene's Pizza in Rocky Top, Tennessee. And he said, hey, I know you. I said, I know you. Can you help me with this box? Put it, yes, thank you, Jesus. Now, here's the thing. What started off so good crashed in the end. It was like, Timmy, you jumping out of that plane, man, and it was good. But if that parachute didn't open the end of that thing, it wasn't good for a second. Now, it's all good long term because you know where you're going. And I'm sure you prayed. Just, Lord, if I'm not saved, save me now just in case. Insurance policy. Okay? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's the way it is at church. Sometimes, man, everything may be so good, but then we have this one area, and it's just not happening. It, it, it's why if you're in the parking lot, and you're a parking lot greeter, you know, I went out there one day, and all of our parking lot greeters were huddled up over in the corner. I said, well, y'all smoking cigarettes? You know, we get, get them spread out, show some love, you know, because you, you just kind of get forget, okay? Maybe your job is, is to be a greeter in, inside right there. Man, you ought to be the best greeter that Jesus has ever had. Kendra and I, our family went to Myrtle Beach. Uh, a few years ago and on Sunday we went to church we found us a church got online let's go check it out we go over there and there's a guy he's the greatest greeter I've ever seen in my life I wanted to join the church because of the greeter I mean we just got out of the car and he just like fell out of heaven hey we're so glad you're here man where y'all from you know it's like ah you know he come on let me show you where to go oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean he was in the game okay he drank the Kool-Aid okay now that's how we should be that's how we be. Sometimes here what we have, well, I'm going to keep the nursery, okay? If you keep the nursery or children, man, I applaud you. You're a beautiful person, okay? But when you get in there, you give it all you've got. Because if, if, when you had a baby and show up early, we have people working in the nursery show up 20 minutes late. Listen, if you, you know what that means? All of us who've had babies, that means you walk down the hall, you look in there, there's one worker and seven babies. Thank you. You're taking that baby maybe out. But you're not leaving that baby there because there's no way they're going to take care of that baby. You need to be in the game. And that's the way it's supposed to be. So, so uh, I, I would sum this one up. I would sum this one up by saying, where is it at? You're a big deal as a servant in the kingdom. So tell your neighbor again, I am a big deal. Number six, indebted to serve, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. You are indebted. I feel indebted to serve Jesus because, man, he died on a cross to usher me out of hell and into heaven. And so I couldn't earn that. I don't owe him anything. It's a free gift, but I am so thankful that he saved me that I should be willing to serve him I would call this when he died for me I will serve for him number seven determined to serve first Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight says so then dear brothers and sisters be firm do not be moved always be outstanding in the work of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, firm, unmoving, okay, uh, outstanding. That's how we're supposed to serve. There's days, there's weeks. I, I love to preach. 
I, I, I love to prepare, but sometimes, sometimes the world just kind of comes caving in. And I end up spending all night sometimes just you get waking up early with the burden of the message and going up and start working on it again. Okay, but that's my calling. That's my act, act of service. That's, it means this, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what's going on in your business, no matter what's going on in your home, when it comes to serving the king, firm, unmoving, and outstanding. That means you are in for real. Joshua said to Israel, man, they were wavering and flip-flopping flip and messing around. And Joshua said, hey, time out, guys. He said, listen, choose you this day who you're going to serve. <laughs> Just choose. He said, but I'm going to tell you this. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If the whole bunch of you goes to hell in a handbasket and chooses uh, Baal to worship, that, that's your choice. But me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord, drive a stake in it. Isn't that good? I love that. I love, I love a guy like Joshua. I love, I love uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they're getting ready to, to, to die. And they say, listen, 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 King, we, you, whatever. He said, Our Lord is capable of rescuing us from this furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're not worshiping you. I just, I just love when people have some tenacity and a Christian spine when it comes to serving the king. Because we got a king, we got the king of the universe who is our champion and our leader, and he is who we are serving. So I sum this up be the best and just stay the best. Be the best. And just stay the best. Number eight, accountable to serve. Romans 14, 12 says, Therefore each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now this is a little bit scary. Each one of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Well, I thought we were under grace. Oh, we under grace. Doesn't mean you're saved or not saved. Doesn't mean that this doesn't determine whether you're saved or not saved. This, this just determines what you, your life looks like in eternity. Because he rewards the deeds that we do for him. It just is what it is. And I was thinking about this, you know. I got saved when I was 10. And uh, I want, I, when I stand before him, I got some bad stuff to be accountable for, no doubt about that. But I want, I want him to say, you know, okay, let's, let's look at this. I, I don't want him to say, Joel saved you when you were 10. And when I brought you home, you were 80. That's 70 years of nothingness. I got nothing on my charts here. You're saved but I got nothing. He's the one that when he says we go through the refining fire before we get into heaven and some people just come through the other side and they smell like smoke. They made it through, but they smell like they've been to a barbecue, you know. I don't want that. I don't want that. I, 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 want, I want him to, when, he, when we talk about this, when we're accountable, yeah, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive. I know that was terrible. That was a terrible season right there. And he says, yeah, but look over here. You did good this. Yeah, I did. I had somebody in my office this week and they said, uh, or excuse me, I had lunch with him on Friday, and he said something that I say all the time, and I just man, it just resonated with me. He says, he says, uh, I'm almost 60 years old, and he says I just want to finish well, I want to serve well, I want to go out on a good note. That's good because you read the Bible. Some of them had good periods of time. Most of them crashed and burned. I mean, they didn't finish well. I want to finish well. Man, I, Lord willing, somebody asked me at lunch another day this week. He said. Uh, how long are you planning on being at Sturkey Hills? I said, I hope the Lord lets me stay there until the rapture comes and gets me or I retire. So I'm, I, I'm hoping he lets me work till I'm in my late 70s, okay? And not like I am now, but I, I mean, I hope I'm still preaching when I'm in my late 70s. And, and if, he, if he doesn't allow me, it's his call. But I want to finish well. 
Okay? I, I, I want to, and I, I want you to. I, I, wanna, I want this church. And it's an opportunity to do that right here in this place. Number nine, honored to serve. Honored to serve. John 12, 26 says, if anyone wants to serve me, he must follow me. And where I am, my servant will be too. That's pretty cool. He says, if anyone serves me, then the Father will honor him. So at the end of the day, the greatest recognition we will ever have for our service is for God to honor us and for him to be, uh, to approve what we did for him, how we served him after our salvation. And I said it before, there's no big I's and little U's. There's only a big him. And every serving spot is honored. I think this is cool to, to, to make note of. When Jesus said to follow him, then he gifted us to follow him, the tool to follow him with. He doesn't hold us accountable for somebody else's gift. In other words, if, if, if I was not called to preach, he didn't hold me accountable. He will not hold me accountable for preaching okay he he didn't gift me to sing so he doesn't hold me accountable for how well i sing all right he holds me accountable for the gift that he has placed within me that's it and when i'm when i do right by that he honors that that's good to know and we don't have to do everything we don't have to be a rocket scientist we just need to hone in on what he's gifted us to do and that's what we do and no matter what it is, it is significant in the kingdom. Why? Because the king of the universe gave you that gift. I was talking with somebody uh, yesterday about a piece of property next door to me. And he said, yeah, it was his niece that owns it. And said, she ought to sell that piece of property. But she, uh, she doesn't want to sell it because she's afraid her dad passed away and her dad gave it to her and she just feels awkward about doing that. And I, I told him, I said, does she understand? And, 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 and her dad was a Christian. I said, does she understand that when he died and went to heaven, the absolute least thing on his mind is a piece of property here on earth? You could put a dog pound out there and her daddy don't care. And when she goes to heaven, if she's saved, I, I, I know this much is true. He's not going to greet her and say, why did you sell my property? He could care less. He's in heaven. Okay? And, and that's how we, that's how we uh, understand this. So, so every serving spot is honored. Number 10, it's beneficial to serve. Yeah, beneficial to serve. Matthew 25, 23, his master answered, Put yourself in these shoes. Jesus is the master. One day we stand before him. He could say anything to us. But in this particular case, listen to what the master said. Well done, good and faithful slave. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Eternal rewards. You see, we're going to, we're going to reign with Jesus on this earth for a thousand years. I truly believe that. It's called the thousand years, thousand year millennial, millennium. And then we go to heaven. All right. And I believe as we live here now is amplified then. And based on scripture, I believe that's an accurate understanding of how it works. And I'm not jockeying for a big spot in heaven. I'm not saying, Jesus, can I sit by your side like the disciples did? I'm just saying I want to live with, I want to give all I have while I'm here.
because it, it affects my eternal situation and condition. So it's beneficial to serve. So there, all you really need is one good reason if you're paying attention to serve. And, and now we have 10, right? So what do we do with that? I want to tell you how important it is that you serve. I want to show, I want to extrapolate that a little bit. Sometimes we feel like we're doing a mundane task and we wonder if it's really making a difference. I, I, just the other day, uh, we were in staff meeting, I think it was staff meeting, and, and, and no, it was, in, uh, it was in Clark's ordaining council meeting. And Ben Rayfield asked him, he said, so long term, what do you think, you know, about students, student ministry, missions, all that stuff? And we were going through it. And, uh, and, and Ben said, you're making a difference. You and Kelsey are making a difference. And, uh, and I said, let me, let me speak into that a little bit. Sometimes you feel like you're spinning your wheels, you know, as a whatever you're, if you're keeping the nursery, you know, or keeping children, or being a greeter, trying to be friendly, or you're an usher, or you're a Sunday school life group leader, or you're a deacon, or you're a pastor. You feel like, man, I just don't think I'm making a difference, you know. It ain't, it's not landing. It's not taking hold. When you think that, it's because you're thinking in the flesh. Because you don't, you don't determine the results of your service. God does that. You can't even evaluate the significance of your service. Only God can see that. And sometimes he sends us something tangible to help us see. Right over here I got Justin Bryant. Known him for a long time. I'm very proud of him. Right here I got Austin. I got G. I've known these, I've known these guys for they, went, they were in the youth group and connected to our family. And man, they've landed. Come to the second services. I mean, there's a whole, bunch of, a, a whole bunch of people that were in student ministry. And sometimes you're thinking, man, they're going to hell. You know? You know? Quickly. All right? And then you give it some time. And those seeds germinate that you've planted. And I'm proud of you guys, man. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm stoked about you. All right? And so what they do is they come, up, they come in and other people come alongside them. And it's a beautiful thing. So we have to be careful when we evaluate whether or not we're making a difference. Here's what it looks like. About th three weeks ago, I did a wedding for Colby Lane and Bailey. And for Colby and Bailey Lane. And we were in Campbell County at a venue. And uh, after it was over... Uh, these two men in their 60s came up to me and asked. They said, we're proud that you're preaching and we're proud that you are Colby and Bailey's pastor. We're really excited about that. And then they said, how is your mom and dad doing? Well, what is that all about? Let me tell you about my mom and dad. My dad is, uh, is 81 years old and, and he's uh, starting to have uh, Alzheimer's. He still knows people, but he doesn't, I'm not able to do much. Man, I just, I, I'm so blessed to have a wonderful dad and mom. This is the life that I was raised in. My dad was a deacon for 50 years. <laughs> he got saved, radically saved, when he was about 21 years old. Next thing you know, he's in the game. My whole life, me and my three brothers saw a dad who served as a deacon for 50 years. Counted the offering mostly by himself for 25 years. My mom played the piano for over 50 years. They taught, she taught Bible school every year. I mean, they were, they were serving every single chance they had. And when Sunday was over, they were the same all week long, man. 
They just looked like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like they did on Sunday. And now my dad can't serve anymore because he's just not able. My mom still plays the piano in the early service. They did that for all those years. Now those two men that came to me and asked how they were, this is what they said. They said, how's your mom and dad? I said, they're doing good. I said, my dad is struggling a little bit. Their mother is struggling with the same disease. And just like this, one of them said, you know, I remember your dad teaching my Sunday school class. And when, when it was sunny outside, he would let us all take our chairs outside for Sunday school. That's what he remembered. And he said, he was there on the day I got saved. I still have my Bible from 1970. And his name's in the front of it. And I said, man, that's beautiful. And then the other one chimed in. He said, September 23rd, 1968, I got saved. Your dad was there. And him and the preacher, Troy Christopher, signed my Bible. I still have my Bible. That's been 50 years, nearly. That's a long time ago, okay? It matters in the kingdom. And, and when God calls us, just do what seems like. I mean, if you've ever taught boys Sunday school, oh, man, you, you just know they're all going to hell and they're never getting saved, okay? It, you just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, and God honors that, man. And he blesses it because it's his gift. And, and when we use it, he magnifies it, and it changes things. So here's what I, I want you to do. In serving for greatness, it's when we realize that we are serving greatness, and his name is Jesus. That's why we serve. Not guilty because the preacher preached. Not guilty because our wife, our husbands, our children says something about it. We serve because we're serving greatness, and his name is Jesus. So in your worship guide, there was this sheet that says serving for greatness I would invite you to, to look at that and say you know what for 2020 I'm going to serve and even if you're already serving just put your name down again that's just a, a commitment that you're doing sign it, date it, email it put your phone number on that because it's going to be a great year in the life of this church and you don't want to watch you want to be in let's pray Father, I thank you so much for all that you do for us. You've done it all, and all we do as your servants, as your slaves, is offer back what you've given us. Everything we are, everything we hope to be, is found in you. Sometimes we take credit for what we've accomplished, but apart from you gifting us in that area, we would have never been able to do it. So God, I look forward to the year of 2020. I look forward to serving you at a deeper level. I look forward to seeing people step in to serve even more. And so well, God, whatever that part is that you have for those in this room right now, I ask that you would just speak into their heart that they would be willing to serve. Thank you for everything in Jesus' name.